MRP fam, welcome to today's episode. Today is an episode with Mr. Kevin Cook. He is the host of the Jury Room Podcast, and recently, we talk about this on the show, but he's also the head of operations over at Amplify Media and someone that has really helped take our production game and our podcast production game over at Amplify Media to a whole new level. But on this call, we talk about really the importance of community and why community is so important for podcasters, especially when they're first getting started, but also as they're continuing to progress and as also as they're continuing to grow their show. So it's kind of a touchy-feely episode, maybe, I don't know, but it's definitely a much-needed one. Although that there aren't a ton of tactics or there's not a ton of bullet points that you may not necessarily walk away from today, I definitely want to encourage you to listen to this one because it's going to open your eyes to some things that you may be missing out on when it comes to your podcasting journey. So stick around. We're going to get into the episode with Mr. Kevin Cook right now. Uh, we're here, guys. Welcome, MYP fam. Thank you guys for being here. We are here with the wonderful Mr. Kevin Cook, and this is his second time back here. If you guys have not gone and listened to Kevin's first episode, we recorded on his journey recording and starting the jury room, growing that to, if I'm not mistaken, over 50,000, over I think over 60,000 downloads. And that's its own journey and an awesome episode that gets into the value of episode swapping and promo swapping and feed swapping and all those kinds of things. And a lot of things have happened over the last several months that we can get to in a variety of things. Most of which, though, is Kevin has come on board with Amplify Media and helped take over our production and really helped create some amazing podcasts over at Amplify Media and most recently has helped us with the starting of our podcast AMA group. So all that to say, thanks, dude, for spending some time again. It has definitely been a journey this year. I'm excited what we're doing at Amplify. I'm excited with what we're doing at Podcast AMA. I think it's a great service, what we're offering on the production side. And I think the community that we're going to build with the Podcast AMA is really going to help podcasters figure out where they need to start and that they're not alone in their journey, right? And they have other people to kind of lean on so they don't pod fade. You know what I mean? I think that's one of the biggest things is people don't realize what their numbers are. They don't know if it's good or bad in their genre, in their niche, whatever their show is about, right? And so having that community to turn to, to talk to, to bounce ideas off to, I think is really going to help take it to the next level. Yeah. Just this past week, actually a couple of days ago, we hosted our very first podcaster Friendsgiving and it was our very first podcast AMA experience. And we had about 15 podcasters on a Zoom and none of us knew each other. Well, you know, me, Matt and Kevin knew each other. Everybody else was just kind of showing up to just connect with other podcasters. And so that was really exciting to see. And it was cool because we got a chance to talk about what got us into podcasting, some of the challenges that were happening. And it was really cool to see some of the hosts really get some value. One of the hosts who was on, her name is Stephanie. She's the host of the Audio Oasis show. And she's just a beautiful soul, most importantly. But she was really helping to share some of the power of you know, storytelling and some of the things that she does to, to kind of prep and you know, it was huge. What did you take most out of that experience? Just realizing that people really don't know where they're at in their journey, right? I think Matt alluded to it the best was, is you can go and Google questions all you want. And Google says one thing, but it doesn't work necessarily. My biggest takeaway from the podcast AMA is that no matter where somebody is at in their journey, I don't think they understand where they're at, right? Whether it's 
they don't feel like they're far enough along or they feel like they're not doing enough. And there's so many conflicting places to get information, whether it's Google, social media, podcast gurus, wherever the information is coming from, right? And while that information is great, none of it's centralized, right? And then the other thing too is a lot of people struggle communicating with other hosts, right? Especially when it comes to downloads and metrics and stuff like that, because it's almost like talking about money, right? Like who wants to talk about money? Nobody, right? So it's almost an uncomfortable feeling to try to compare yourself to somebody else. And one thing I learned early on is comparing yourself to someone else is going to get you nowhere because they might be further along in their journey. They might be doing something different than you're not that you're not doing. There's so many different variables. And I think having that kind of community is what people need to be able to talk about it and then try it and see if it works for them. I think that was is my biggest takeaway. Yeah. He makes a really good point. And if you don't know who we're talking about, Matt Gilhooley, who we'll probably have to have on the show eventually. He has a show called The Life Shift Podcast, and he's also helping us with Podcast AMA. But he mentioned that so many different ways that you can do something, so many different ways and routes to grow a show. And not all of them are right for somebody. Not all of them are right for, for that person. And what I didn't realize is that there are a lot of people out there who are trying to do everything they hear someone say. And I don't know, maybe it's because I've spent much of the last, geez, how old am I now? I'm 30. So I got into kind of this world at 17. So it's about 13 years of, let's call it like self-development, right? It was interesting because when I got out of school is when I really started learning the most. But that's when I started throwing myself into things that I was actually interested in. And I've got a very big, very good radar or judgment of what's right for me and what's not. And in fact, that I'm actually only looking for the thing that is suitable just for me. And almost everything else is going to be is going to be wrong. Frankly, it's not going to be right for me. 90% of the stuff I see out there is not for me. When you hear that, Kevin, is that how you think a lot of people are? Or is that kind of the norm or the exception? I think that's more the exception, right? Because we naturally compare ourselves, right? So if you see somebody doing something that's working for them, you automatically assume it's going to work for you, even though your shows might be in different genres, right? So you have an interview show and I have a true crime show. So me marketing to an interview audience might not have the same effect and vice versa, right? Like if you were to market your interview show to a true crime audience, right? It's you're going to probably grab a couple of people, but it's not going to have the same effect. And I think, unfortunately, I think that's where a lot of people get stuck is they think they have to do everything, which doing everything does help. But if you can focus one thing at a time, you're going to gain, I think, more in the long run because you're not spread so thin, right? That's the other thing is, is you get spread so thin and you're so overwhelmed and then you're just like, F this, I'm out. You know what I mean? But I think you are the exception to the rule, though. Being able to focus on what's going to work for you and what's not going to work instead of trying it, right? I think that's the reason why I'm always hesitant to put out my quote-unquote expertise or advice because I'm like, it's what works for me and it's what it was working for me and it was right for me at that point. And why also a big part of the group for Podcast AMA is kind of our ethos is that the group is the guru. There is no, no guru. There's no expert within the group or no one expert necessarily. Everybody has their own value and has value to share, whether it's through experience or perspective or advice. 
But the thing, like you said, is, right, podcast AMA, it's not just one person, right? We don't have one person up on a soapbox preaching. But you giving your advice isn't becoming off like an expert, right? It's, hey, this is what worked for me. This is what I do. And it's working for me. Now, somebody can adapt that, change it a little bit so where it works for them, or they try it and they're like, that's not going to work for me. And I think that's the problem is that there's so much information out there. And we have, what do we get shoved down our throats on all the podcasting platforms, right? Yeah, Joe Rogan, Who's Her Daddy, like all these shows, 10 shows say, I know it's more than that, but you get the same 10 shows shoved down your throat. NPR, all these big broadcasting companies, right? That you constantly see. So you're trying to emulate what they're doing, but they're A, they've got years and decades and they're spending so much money on their marketing and their advertising budgets. That's why they get there. That's why they they stay in front of your face. I would say, if you're listening, I would say my response to that is that I think that comparison, right? That word, like comparing yourself to others is a, there's a lot of detriment to that because there's a lot of wrapped up in that. What we can do is we can model and we can study. And I think that that's why we're bringing people into the group is to, is to provide models, provide case studies, provide examples. But when you can look at these wondery kind of productions and maybe you can't do everything that they can do. But at least they give you a model. They give you something to shoot for. They give you they give you some ideas to play with. And maybe you can't do all 10 of the things that they do to create their experience, but maybe you can start incorporating one or two. And so that comparison thing, I think, is there is some value in recognizing who's doing things well and not stacking your worth up to that. Because I used to do that a lot, which is like I would look at somebody, I would compare myself, and it would be this weird like self-flagellation, you know, to my like emotional state. But I realized that that was all just like aspirational stuff. Like whenever I was, I was envious of somebody or I saw and I I got jealous. It was just like, that's just because they're doing the thing that I want to do. And why am I going to be upset at somebody? And why am I going to villainize somebody? Right. And so I think once I realized that, I just tried to find what could I take from what they're doing that I'm not? Or what are they doing that I'm also doing that I can have some affirmation in? And I say that all because I think that it, that comparison thing is it's prevalent in podcasting. But think about it, though. We are, especially in America, but just in general in society, right? It's a win at all costs. It's a zero sum game. For whatever reason, we can't be happy for somebody else, right? I think the biggest takeaway from being in the podcast community and now being in this, the podcast production side of it is, is being genuinely happy for someone else, right? Like there is millions of podcasts out there and millions of podcast listeners. Why can't they listen to two podcasts? Just because somebody else is doing a million downloads a month doesn't mean that person that's listening isn't going to go listen to other podcasts. And I think for some reason, we as a society have this, oh, we have to be better than everybody. Okay. But what do you gain from that in a community like this? Because we're not competing. We're not competitors. This is not a us versus them kind of community. We're all trying to do the same thing. Can you be a little bit jealous or a little bit like envious? Sure. But don't let that deter you from what you're doing to accomplish your goals. And I think a lot of people get distracted by the noise and them not hitting their goals. So then they 
give up. I can't tell you how many podcasts have given up. I've gone on a break. You've gone on a break, gone long periods of time of not releasing content. And I think it's letting that noise get to you. You know what I mean? And I think that's the hardest part. Yeah. And I'm just hearkening back to this group because we're going to be doing more, more of these AMA experiences. So I encourage you to come. And then we're going to be doing maybe a boot camp, but it's basically going to be eight weeks where we're going to help you relaunch your show through this process, right? Through really surrounding you with a group of other people who are doing the same thing and kind of giving you all the tools, this support more than anything. And to Hector's point, if you want to start a show, you're welcome to come. If you already have a show and you're 300 episodes in, you're welcome to come to getting back to your basics and getting back to the roots of why you started of that show is also a very big, I think, key component for this group is to stay grounded in what you're doing and your goals. One thing that came up on the call that Stephanie reminded me of was that we as podcasters, we have to re-earn our listeners' trust every week. And the moment that we stopped doing the things that our listeners enjoyed or came back for or ultimately became to trust in, then the moment that relationship becomes damaged and it's a weekly or it's an episodic thing, right? It's an every episode thing. And so the basics, they're the fundamentals, right? It's like in any sport, right? It's, they're prevalent in, in any kind of thing. All that to say, yeah, it's the basics, but I think more than anything, it's the fundamentals and the foundation that you're going to be doing on a kind of weekly basis. Let's transition a little bit into... We've been launching a lot of shows. I don't want to say a lot. We've quite a few shows over the last several weeks. We just published one today, the Customer Acquisition, which is hosted and started by Ralph Burns of the Perpetual Traffic Podcast. That came out today. And the Rising Leader Podcast with Alex Kramer is about to launch, Grow Everything, Carl and Iram. So these are just some shows that you guys can go and, and check. But in doing that journey, what's been the biggest thing that stood out from a creator's perspective about kind of getting their show off the ground? Like watching other shows get off the ground? Yeah, you've been able to see it now from a perspective, you know, not on the outside, but alongside these creators and these hosts and been able to help facilitate, you know, a lot of those. So what are some things that you've noticed uh, maybe about some things that have hung up some of these hosts or even some things that you think that they've done that have made that process easier or gone better? I think hosts that have a vision for what they want really helps all around and not a, I think I have a vision but being able to almost map out how you want your episodes, like everything beforehand, I think comes into play, right? When you're starting, because then you don't feel so out of balance, out of whack when it comes to that. Because if you don't have a strong vision, any ideas that come your way, whether it be artwork, music, stuff like that, it doesn't feel right because you don't know exactly what you want. So I think one of the things is people need to have a strong vision and what they want for their show so that they can stay grounded in that vision. Yeah. It comes up a lot because especially when people are starting, I think they, they want to get feedback and they want to get some affirmation or they want to get some sense that they're on the right track. I think that could be helpful and that can definitely be helpful, but I think it can also be derailing and detrimental in a lot of regards. What have you seen there? I think when it comes to the detrimental side, I think that's when you get really good ideas came back that I think when that's a detriment and you get a good ideas, whether it be an intro, some music, something that sounds really good, that really goes with your show. And that, and I've seen it work the other way, right? Where they come in with a vision 
and they have an idea in their head, you match that idea. But then when it comes time to actually releasing the content, it's something completely different. I really think that when you are trying to launch a show, I think you need to stay focused in your vision and not let other people kind of cloud that vision and what you're doing. Especially when those people don't have, and I don't want to say like the right perspective, because the right is always relative, but they don't have the perspective of an ideal listener, or they don't have the perspective of someone who has had experience with podcasting and, and not, and, and maybe that's just my own self-preservation because who am I? But I do think that, you know, after having launched, I don't know, a couple dozen shows, you tend to see some things that go right and some things. So there is a, that perspective. But we've had hosts get perspectives from family members and friends that just doesn't quite have the perspective of the ideal listener. That feedback has not always been necessarily helpful. Right. And I think that's where that ignoring the noise. Yes, you want feedback naturally. It's like it's innate in us to get that affirmation. Oh, my God, does this sound good? Oh, my God, is this awesome? Right? I get that. I totally get that. But if your ideal listener is a 45 to 65 year old, say male business owner, and you want them to spend money with you, the last thing you want to do is ask a 16 year old teenage boy if it's cool because they're not your listener. They're not going to give you their money. They're not going to participate in your audience. And I think that's detrimental to the progression and to the launch of your show, because now you are trying to accommodate a 16-year-old boy instead of a 45 to 65-year-old male business owner, right? And one of the things that I've always told every podcast host I've ever, ever interacted with is put out what you want. It's like that field of dreams, build it and they will come. If you stay true to who you are and your show and what you want to put out, People will listen and people are going to feel your authenticity. One of the biggest problems that content creators have is they try to pander to their audience. You can only pander for so long because A, you have to keep up this facade or B, it just doesn't feel authentic and your audience can feel that. So staying true to your vision, staying true to your goals and building what you would listen to, whatever it is, if you would listen to it, other people are going to listen to it. And I think that's important. Yeah, you've said that a little bit about a couple of times recently about staying true to your vision and not kind of pandering to the audience. My initial reaction was, well, you have to know what they want. And I think that that's true too, but it can't be at the expense of you putting out what you want, right? Because okay. ultimately- We'll look at like- Joe Rogan. Is Joe Rogan for everybody? Does Joe Rogan change his show every time he gets backlash? Does Joe Rogan apologize? Yes, when he whatever offends people, but he stays true to his show. That's the way he's done his show forever. Of course, he's changed things up and tried different things, but he has kept true to his show. I think that's the only way that you can do it. But, you know, he's at like 1400, right? Like that's the like right. episode, like 1400. Right. Like that's an obscene amount of episodes, right? I think like the shows that we kind of work on, we're at, some of them were at like 400. That's a huge archive and a catalog. That's an extra thousand, right? That's three times, more than three times as many. I think that you're speaking to something that if you want to be around, if you want to do it long-term, if you want to have longevity, that the authenticity is critical. 
and consistency, right? If you are constantly changing the format of your show between episodes or whatever, you're constantly tinkering and trying different things every other episode, you're going to gain somebody for a couple of episodes, then they tune in again, the music's different, or the format's completely different. And then you break that consistency, right? You break, as you alluded, as you, we talked about earlier, that trust with your audience, right? Because they might tune in for XYZ 10 episodes ago, and now it's ABC and it's something completely different. And I think that's the staying consistent and authentic to who you are as a person is really key to growing the community that you want for your show, right? It's your content. It's your creation. You want the people who are going to stick around to listen to you for you and not because of some glass sheet that you've put in front of yourself. You know what I mean? Yeah, it's really important. And I think there's so much of the podcasting game is the mental game, right? It's like the mental, emotional, whatever, just ability to just keep going. And I think that those breaks are okay, right? I think it's okay for people to like be willing to take a break in the same way that a TV show, which is the closest thing that I would like in a podcast to, is a TV show does not run forever. A TV show, they have seasons. The best ones, they have long breaks between their seasons, and it gives them the time that they need to do what they need to do. Now, it's different. Now, does that mean that your podcast can take off six months? And I'm not suggesting that, right? (laughs) But understanding that, um, you know, even with this show, we took off a couple of months because we got crazy busy over with our company and we came back and we started publishing again. And there's ways to get back is what I'm saying. It's not a totally lost cause if you take a little bit of a break and kind of get some mental health. Anything else? I just think that people need, and I say this because I do the same thing, right? But it's that comparing yourselves to others. It's you have to stay focused on what you want and where you're going and how you're going to get there and try new things is okay. Just don't lose sight of what you're doing. Yeah, you bring up a good point. And one thing that we've tried to do with Podcast AMA is to go out and find, right now, we're just calling them guides. I don't know, maybe we could come up with a better name for them. It's about getting not only the right people on your team, but it's about getting those people playing the right positions. And I found that certain people are great. They have their lane. And so we found experts at crafting your vision or experts at development or experts at marketing, experts at sound, things like that. And having different people that you can go to for different types of questions, I think is also really valuable. And the challenge with being a guru or kind of having this subject matter expert is that you expect them to have all the answers and there's no way that they can. If they're human, there's no way that they can have all the answers. And so having those people to go to, I think is is really helpful and creating a space where those questions are encouraged and those questions are safe, right? I remember in school and we kind of grew up around, you're a few years older, which makes you like a really old man. We went to kind of school in the eighties and I I didn't go to school in the eighties, but in the nineties, for sure, we were both in school. And at that time, questions I know were stupid. Like if you ask questions, you meant you were stupid stupid. Somehow that, you know, perpetuated into kids that by asking questions, you were dumb. And now those kids are us and we're adults. And now we're afraid to ask questions because it makes us look dumb. And the other challenge is is that if you ask them on social media, you get doxxed by all these people who tell you that you're dumb sometimes. And it's unfortunate that there's not 
a space right now where podcasters can do that. They're emerging. There are a few spaces. So one thing I want to shout out is the podcast Discord community that Ariel, it has been a really just cool place to be a part of. A lot of cool things that are just happening there. So we'll try and add that link into the show notes as well. We're doing some cool things, right? We've got some Twitter spaces coming up. We got some more podcast AMA experiences coming up. So just ways that you can take this. I said in my LinkedIn newsletter today, and you've said it as well. I think you kind of the ones that you brought it up to me was that the connections that you make on social media, those can turn into real life relationships or whatever, right? It doesn't have to be like relation. That sounds kind of a lot, but those can turn into real life connections. Those can turn into real life opportunities, right? I said it the other night when we were on the AMA, right? I think a lot of people try to model their social media, especially for their podcast around what the bigger shows are doing, right? They post something, they don't really interact with their community. They don't interact with the people that respond, blah, blah, blah. I think social media is huge when it comes to promoting your show, even if 50, 75% of your interaction is other podcast hosts, because that genuine connection that you make with somebody, they might not listen to your genre, but they might know somebody who does, right? And they'll recommend your show. And it might be just as simple as, uh, hey, I hope you're doing well, or hey, I hope you're feeling better, or hey, happy birthday, I saw you post something, you know, whatever it is, right? Just that genuine, just, you don't want nothing, you're not promoting your show, you're not doing this, that, or the other, just a genuine connection with somebody on social media can be worth its weight in gold. You don't know where that person is going or who they are or what they know or how they might even have a bigger audience. And they're like, come on, you got to come on my show. And they pump you up, whatever it is. It's really important to make genuine connections with people that you don't know. And I'm not saying divulge your whole life story to them, right? But at least make a connection because it will help at some point. And it sounds self-motivated, but I mean, at the end of the day, you are helping them. They're helping you. It's the win, win, win situation. Yeah. Guys go check out Kevin's podcast. It's the, the jury room podcast it is still an archive. How many episodes have you done? I think I have over 108. I've got like four or five scripts in the wings that I'm going to start recording again. I'm hoping to get them out in January to start putting out content again. There are hours and hours that you can binge through though. And Kevin, if they want to stay connected with you, where's the best place to go and connect with you? Most place that I'm active is on Twitter, jury, at Jury Room Podcast. You can send me an email, juryroompodcast at gmail.com. Uh, yeah, I'm fairly active on Twitter. I do have Instagram and other things, but for the most part, you'll find me active on Twitter. And you can find me on Twitter at Hector underscore podcast. And that's because the other Hector Santia Esteban is a doctor. And I'm coming for you, though, <laughs> Hector. Dr. Hector. Dr. You think Hector. that you... I will get you one day and I will be the top Hector Santi Esteban <laughs> in Google one day. But until then, you can find me at Hector underscore podcast. I'm also on LinkedIn. I've got a newsletter on LinkedIn and also on Substack that you guys can get just more info. If you guys want to come hang out with us at future podcast AMA events, check the link. We'll have the website ready, podcastama.com, maybe by the time that this is ready, but check the show notes for all the links. And thanks so much for being a part of the MYP fam, doing you and creating your show. It means a lot to us at the Amplify Media family. So we'll see you guys on the next one. Later, y'all. Bye.